Do you miss the good old days meeting with our colleagues and having those face-to-face -face interactions? Who doesn't? It's that connection, camaraderie, and discussions that unite us all. So join us as we work to gain all that back and more through the new ReConnect podcast. I'm Kim McTiernan, Account Manager in Lower Alabama. And I'm Stephanie Fowler, Account Manager in East Mississippi. We will be your host. This podcast is all about all of you, our incredibly experienced, effective, results-driven account managers. We're excited to bring you guests that will deliver insights, helpful knowledge, sales and business strategies to grow your markets, something new, hopefully, a little fun, and most of all, we'll be reconnected during our drive. Reconnect will drop on the second Tuesday of the month, so be sure to open your email from the source and listen anytime. Go out today and reconnect with your colleagues, customers, friends, and families. And please send us your topics you want us to cover and suggestions for future episodes to reconnect at urpt.com. Welcome to episode eight of the Reconnect podcast. We are so glad you guys decided to join us today. On today's episode, we went outside the walls of Upstream and found someone that could discuss smarter selling and powerful living and the sales mind. We have Doug Ternary with us and we want you to think of him as our keynote speaker. Let's pretend we're at a national meeting. Um, we're excited to hear what he shares with us today and we're looking forward to learning. Award-winning author Doug Trenieri is founder and president of Doug Trenieri's Fast Track Incorporated in Atlanta, Georgia. Also, as an award-winning speaker, he has created multitudes of business and personal development programs and has conducted thousands of seminars and speeches all over North America since 1985 for nearly every type of organization. He is an author of three books in complementary, complementary digital and multimedia productions. His clients span many of America's top companies, and we are now one of them, in virtually every major industry. And his programs have one central thing, make the changes necessary now to achieve results at a new and higher level in any economy. Those changes have inspired clients to lead their organizations to new levels and to, and to the generations of tens of millions of new sales dollars. His personal mission is to inspire everyone from CEOs to teenagers to take their lives to a new level of success. Good morning, everybody, on this uh, session eight episode of Reconnect. Uh, I'm Doug Trenary. Uh, very happy to be with all of you, and I'm coming from you for Metro Atlanta, Georgia, and Marietta, Georgia, if you're familiar with that area. I want to issue some special thanks to uh, Kim and Stephanie and uh, Jeff for their uh, time to uh, prepare me for discussing uh, some ideas with you. and. Uh, their thoughtful items that they sent that I think uh, will be a big part of this call. So welcome to all of you account managers, wherever you might be located uh, when you ultimately hear this. And a couple goals for today's uh, session is one is to introduce you to a profile of a world-class salesperson that I call a sales mind. A sales mind, the word uh, is fairly simple in its structure. Uh, we're in the sales business, there's the sales part in mind. So a world-class salesperson uh, uses their mind, uh, therefore sales mind. Number two 
is to dig somewhat into your business. Again, I know we have limited time, but I want to ultimately take, in the middle part of this session, take some very specific information that was sent to me and be able to integrate that with the principles and ideas of being a sales mind, and I think that's something you'll really be able to appreciate. And the second uh, objective of the call is for us to take a look at your business and some things that were sent to me on your value proposition and integrate how a sales mind approaches uh, uh, being and communicating and assembling and offering uh, value to ultimately the individuals that you're targeting. So there's a lot to do here. There's a lot of information. I'm going to move relatively fast, so at some point, you may have to replace some of this. So with that being said, uh, let me begin by a little, just a quick discussion uh, of the platform, the times that we're in. Uh, I don't think any meaningful discussion could happen without that since uh, I would, I guess, March of uh, last year, 2020. Uh, we've all been dealing with, every, in every facet of our lives and our business, uh, the coronavirus, COVID. It's affected uh, our sales business, obviously. It's affected our customers, uh, our doctors and facilities, patients. Everybody's been affected in some way. And so here, as we get to where we're at now, middle of the year 2021, where we're kind of on the off-ramp of COVID, uh, we've all been through a lot. And what I hope for all your account managers on this call, that you've taken that opportunity as you've adjusted and, and, and done the things you have to do is ask yourself, what have you learned and gained coming through COVID? What tools are you able to apply? What things have you adjusted so that you can carry those things forward? All right, all that being said, and uh, COVID uh, waning in really most of our communities, let me introduce you uh, quickly what it is to be what I call a sales mind. And many years ago, when I began assembling the sales mind, the driving question was, who are the best salespeople in the world? And that's a very tall question. That's not just the people in the industry you're in or that I've ever been in or my clients have ever been in, but it's really uh, historically and then moving forward, what all salespeople uh, that have been the best of the best, what habits do they have? What are their core traits? I think you'll find that not only uh, intellectually stimulating, but uh, ultimately in these, in these laws, there will be a lot that you can pull from them. Now, in the time we have, we won't be able to go through in the strict assembly of uh, the sales mind all of the 12 laws. I call them laws uh, because I basically they're critical behaviors. But I will give you quickly a, a, a three kind of a three-bucket overview of the answer to the question, what is a sales mind? Well, first of all, a sales mind is an individual that gets the most out of themselves as a person. So this is really the personal excellence bucket, the attitude attribute um, in things like the ability to be focused on uh, staying on your mission and staying on an objective and not get distracted by uh, so many things in the world, including our own thinking, social media, uh, the atmosphere we're in, uh, the, the COVID distractions for 15 months, and other elements like having a sense of purpose in your life, defining your goals, why are you doing what you're doing? And then uh, other elements that are always essential to any type of personal excellence that makes whether it's an athlete or a scientist or an artist or a business person or a mom and dad, 
is, uh, are, are elements like being action-oriented, uh, just the ability, particularly in the, the sales business that we're in, to get out now and hopefully as your facilities and your doctor's offices and, and clinics open, that that, uh, again, offers you access uh, to take the actions of in-person sales calls. Obviously, we all understand that's invaluable. But also, in terms of personal excellence, still this first big bucket, there's responding to the resistances of life, not just in COVID or being blocked out of an office or a typical sales objection or being commoditized. Hey, you know, all physical therapy is the same, the kind of things naturally that you would hear. But it's also uh, dealing with just the resistances of getting up in the morning and getting going. If you have kids and family dealing with uh, getting them to and from, assuming, for example, if you're a mom, uh, you know, and, and can your kids get and have they been back in school yet? You know, those are issues we've all been dealing with. So the first element of a sales mind in the big picture, kind of the first of these three buckets, is the ability to what I call leverage yourself and the desire that you have. Now, leverage means to get the most out of. Now, again, in, in this particular session, I'm not going to spend any more time on this first bucket, but I don't want to neglect or minimize its importance. So in summary there, the first element of being a sales mind is you, the excellent you. And that carries us a long way, and it doesn't matter, I think, in any profession. Number two, where I want to spend most of the time on the session here, is in what I call professional persuasion and how to leverage, again, get the most out of any sales interactions with uh, those you would consider on your customer side, physicians, PAs, attorneys, uh, facility, people in management, if you have to go into a facility to see a doctor, administrative people from time to time. So ultimately, we know that your objective is to persuade physicians, uh, in effect doctors, uh, to generate referrals for you as a captive audience. And for them to do that is to ultimately and hopefully quickly develop a trust in you in your relationship with them. So I understand the triangle in effect here is you in effect, a referring physician or doctor and ultimately a patient. So we want to maximize their persuasion and look at the methods of how to do that. So I'm going to recircle back to that in a minute because that's where most of the session will be. But the third major bucket that I don't, again, I, I don't want to neglect or minimize is your relationship with time and ultimately also an extension of just time management to good timing so let me draw a string between those two. A lot of times, you know, we're asked to make, you know, obviously make notes to various degrees of detail, not just in sales calls, but in patient notes and what's happening with therapies, what a doctor says, you know, things of that nature. But one of the reasons we do that as we're approaching trying to add a physician to refer us is we're looking for when is that timing going to happen? Is it going to happen after a presentation, which, again, I, I've actually been in many, many doctor's offices, and I've seen the, the pharma group lined up with their bags, and they get about two minutes each to, uh, to demo a script, and we've all seen this, and we want to be the one individual in that office that when we get our two to five minutes makes a lot of difference with the doctor, a PA, or their team. So time management, of course. You know all the classic questions. We've all wasted time. We've made bad, bad time decisions. 
We've been doing activity A over there when we should be doing activity B. We've been stubborn sometimes and not changed our habits, so we end up, uh, we keep wasting the same time the same way. So one, two, and three real quick uh, as an overview of a sales mind. One is how to leverage yourself personally. Number two is how to leverage those interactions in a professional sense to persuade those on the other end of your message. And then three is, as I mentioned, the third bucket is the issue of your relationship with time. So those are that's kind of the overview. I feel like that's really important before we kind of take some topics and dig in. And then one more uh, item I'd like to uh, offer as a sales mind is all of what I've just discussed and will discuss in the rest of the session is about relationships, whether it be a relationship with yourself, a relationship with uh, a doctor physician, a uh, physician's assistant, uh, a person in a facility, and uh, a relationship with time. We all have those multi-relationship, and a sales mind is the one that really pulls it together. One way to think about a sales mind is, is using the game of golf. For example, you could get your friends together and force them and go play golf at a public golf course and uh you know watch how all of you play watch how other people play looking out for balls errant drives getting in the sand a lot uh, using a lot of balls and having a high score well what if you took a top world top 10 uh golfer and those would be people like rory mcelroy and uh, justin thomas tiger woods in his day jack nicholas in his day what if you took that professional to the same exact course with you and your fellow hackers and you had the opportunity to watch them play I can promise you this, although all of you would play the same course, the way the golf pro, the world-class golf pro, plays that course, ending up in a low score, is entirely different and superior to the way you play. So the analogy there, you know, we're all in the sales business, including your competitors, but uh, being a sales mind means we're going to examine the best of the best salespeople as we would the analogy of those world-class golfers. So, for example... The way a sales mind views the big picture is they, first of all, they integrate, as I've already mentioned, they integrate life into their sales business. They don't try to separate the two. Your attitudes at home are going to be your attitudes at work. Uh, the habits, the mental and emotional habits that you have uh, in any endeavor are going to be the ones that you apply to your business. So a sales mind integrates life. Number two is they set personal rules for themselves. I'll give you a couple here that are on my personal list. I call this the uh, never list. Uh, one is to never let a problem outsmart you. And a second personal rule that I have is never let a competitor outwork you. So I view it a personal affront if some situation, problem, or even a, another personal competitor is going to outthink me. That's not good. And then you never want somebody to outhustle or outwork you. So those are ideas and, and kind of viewpoints on how a sales mind approaches things. All right, now. When, as I mentioned, for the the second kind of the second gear of this session, I want to get kind of out of the big picture of a sales mind, and I want to take a very specific law, a specific element, a specific behavior, and it's the issue of value. So, in the twelve laws, just to put this in context, the sales mind at large has twelve laws in those three buckets I mentioned. Law six, right in the center is the law of value, which I call the engine of persuasion as a byline. Now, why the engine of persuasion? Well, the, the, uh, the illustration is this. If you take a vehicle or you take a power plant, 
what supplies energy to the automobile or the power plant is some sort of an engine. If you take the engine out, uh, you get no power. And it's the same in a sales life. The value, the issue of how you deal with, and I'm going to give you some thing, five things on that uh, uh, in just a moment, the way that you deal with the issue of value powers your sales business. If you don't have a good understanding of value, I'm not saying that you don't, but if you don't have a good understanding of value, and in terms of how you articulate it to, in your case, your service of physical therapy, looking for uh, those referrals from doctors via your own persuasions, then you're just not going to be effective. So um, let's take a, a look at the way I've taken some information that was sent to me in uh, that was headlined, Your Value Proposition Engagement. And um, na naturally, I don't have the understanding of physical therapy and it's in all of its details like you do, but that's not the issue. The issue on this call is do you understand how to take the elements of your knowledge, experience, certification, et cetera, and articulate them through, in this case, the lens of value. So I'll give you a five-step, uh, and you'll have to probably replay this at some point, kind of a five-step uh, five acronym of how you can apply value. And then I'm actually gonna read through some specifics of your business that were sent to me. And I'm gonna highlight some things and I'm gonna show you and, and, and illustrate how value needs to be magnified. But at large, here's how a sales mind approaches the specifics, the on the ground specifics, the way that you would make a presentation, the way that you present, whether you've got two minutes or two hours, is in five steps and in the sequence, and it's ultimately a nice acronym. The first of all is to understand value, and not just in the generic picture, which is hugely important, but also in terms of the details and the kernels and the little micro attributes of the things that you offer, not only how to think them, but how to say them. So the first element of, of uh, having command of value is understanding the broad and the specific issue of value. Number two is to then tailor from the discovery that you do, discovery kind of like an attorney means when you, you know, this is basic sales 101. You ask questions to people, you investigate, you ask them to expand, you look for problems, you ask about situations, you're looking for examples, but you're doing it through questions. Now, when you're first of all in the role of a questioner, you'll get answers. And so the second part of this five-part acronym is to tailor the explanations you then give of uh, your brand of uh, physical therapy, whether you are speaking of in terms of uh, benchmark physical therapy in your particular region, and I understand you're, you're under the family of upstream rehabilitation and things that you would have access to, like the Upstream Rehabilitation Institute, for example. So I'm, I'm aware of that. So the first two things are to understand value and then tailor your delivery of value in number three, an articulate, very specific way. Now, your articulation then leads to the fourth one, which is to differentiate. Your, your, your understanding of value and your tailoring of your message to articulating, speaking the right words, should ultimately have a heavy differentiation, which simply means how are we different? How are we better? How are we more professional? How are we more valuable? And that differentiation today is what keeps you out of what you don't want, is to be considered uh, physical therapy as a commodity, which it's not. And, and you know it because uh, you're, you're obviously involved with who you are. <coughs> Excuse me. And then five is to commit. 
And I think a lot of times we skip this in our sales steps. Uh, you know, we we understand the scenario and the situation we're in, the person, the doctor that we're talking to. We tailor a good message. We articulate a good message. We do differentiate some, and then we kind of leave it at that. And what I'm saying to you, a sales mind, then commits the other person to do they understand why you and why uh, benchmark physical therapy and upstream are more valuable. So you don't forget the commitment question at the end. So let's say I'm talking to Samantha. I would say, Samantha, based on what you've seen, can you see how the things that we're discussing make this even more valuable for your patients? And make sure you commit people because really committing is a, is a beginning form of closing. And let me reassure you, sales minds are not just talkers and explainers, they're closers. Because it's closing uh, and closing in quotes in a relationship that ultimately gets you that referral to a patient for use and consumption and billing of your services, okay? So let me take just, and I, and I know I'm, I'm going fast, but uh, you'll have to replace some of this. So in the visual aid that I'm looking at that uh, Kim and Stephanie sent me, let me give you some ideas how a sales mind views and extracts out of the lens of value things that can be valuable. First of all, they ask themselves, your ultimate customer, what does a doctor want? What does a doctor want? He or she, what do they want? Well, number two, they want a great experience for their patient. And great experience uh, comes under a number of headings uh, and a great outcome, a faster outcome, a healthier outcome, a safer outcome. A doctor wants all those things because they want that patient to be satisfied and have a world-class experience and get to a healthy outcome as the doctor, by referring you, de facto is promising. But that doctor also wants to be referred and discussed in a positive light in the community um, so that obviously their business can expand and grow. So uh, there's a number of reasons that we ask ourselves first and foremost, what does our customer, in, in most cases, a clinician, a doctor, a physical, uh, 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 excuse me, a, a PA, even in some cases in an extended fashion, an attorney and anyone else that might be involved in a case, is we want them to be satisfied with us. So ultimately the end game, the end of the end game and what a doctor wants, for example, is we want them to trust us. Once we've gained and garnered that valuable traction of trust, boy, we're in a great position. So let me go to some of the items. Now I'm going to read through these kind of fast. I might kind of hodgepodge in some of the reading, but that'll allow me to get to the, the point faster. Um, there are eight bullets here in the item I'm looking at. Uh, the first is 24 to 48 hour access to appointment, which provides, uh, continuous, uh, provides a continuum, therefore the opportunity for one physical therapist to develop a relationship with patients uh, who are invested in their care for better outcomes, so on and so forth. Now, Everybody understands you don't even have to be in the medical space to have experienced the problems in the medical space today with all the paperwork. Everybody has waited in a doctor's office. Everybody has had a delay. Everybody has come back expecting to see one physician and somebody else steps in that doesn't know your case as well. So we've all had those classic uh, problem circumstances of delays and waiting and uh, seeing multiple physicians that are dealing with us to know that this really hits home. So let me get on to the next one. Uh, clinical outcomes and locations, ease of access. We all know this one. With uh, many of the communities we're in today, the traffic that we face getting to places, the wasted time, 
the sitting in an office, the office that's not in a convenient location where a doctor may have referred a patient to an office that's an hour away, which if you had traffic time, it's certainly more of that. Ease of access, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and, and making it comfort in terms of having actually the hours, uh, in some cases 7 a.m. as late as 6 to 7 p.m., and I know in some of your areas, clinic hours, even have hours on Saturdays. What a convenience that is. Again, let me go through some of the rest of these. Um, your competitor. Other physical PT companies uh, have wait times. And any time you can differentiate, here's that example again, you can differentiate where you don't have wait times with your clinics to patients. That's a huge valuable. Everybody wants convenience. They want to save time. They want easy access. They want a continuous relationship. All these things so far. Next, providing timely notes from the clinical team, that's uh, people on your team, to the referring physician, uh, referring physician, excuse me, so they have time to review before they see that patient in a follow-up. You can, everybody knows today that uh, doctors are more overwhelmed than ever with uh, all kinds of bureaucracy and, uh, you know, added uh, caseloads. So if you're faster in getting them information and timely notes from the physical therapy progress of the patient to the doctor so that they're plenty prepared before the next uh, patient meeting, uh, that's huge. Now, it's noted here that many of your competitors don't always do this well. Well, if, if I'm reading that, then I'm making the assumption if you do do that well, that's something you want to highlight. All right, um, a couple other uh, that I've noticed. Upstream Real, uh, Rehabilitation Institute. Sorry, I stumbled on that one more time. Upstream Rehabilitation Institute. Here we go. It's another way to differentiate our clinicians to our customers. And this is a certification thing. Uh, professional clinical education, cultivating experts, experts in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and athletic training. Uh, these are all, if anytime you're a specialist, you're going to be a generalist. And anytime you're a specialist, you're going to garner through your efforts a greater outcome. And then I love this line, getting patients back to pre-injury health. Um, I've been injured before. I'm an ex-athlete uh, of uh, many sports uh, all the way through college. I've been injured. I've been injured. I've been in physical therapy. And I know for a fact, the first thing I think about with that bad knee or that twisted ankle or that procedure is I want to get back to where I was before I twisted that knee and get my jump shot back. So now when I read these things, I went over into the margin of reading that and, and I'm going to summarize Again, how a sales mind through the lens of value in those statements, which are very related to your space and what you're selling, is to remember to highlight these values and benefits. The fact that you, you are better. Well, what does it mean to be better? And that's, there's two things that are better that you personally better. And that's also that uh, benchmark physical therapy and upstream are better. How exactly do you define that? Make sure you do. I wanted to say that first. The list of other conveniences and benefits that you have on, on your side to illuminate, to emphasize, and to differentiate are benefits and valuable uh, things like access, access and hours, the comfort of using a continuous uh, clinician as it terms to multiple people. For example, my wife and I, uh, my wife had some chiropractic issues. We went to one of the brand name chiropractors 
And uh, we went about three or four times, and we had four different chiropractors on each visit. This, that's just the way they ran the program. And I noticed they really weren't looking at the previous notes. Each of the four chiropractors had a different uh, chiropractic procedure, and ultimately we quit. We canceled because we weren't getting that continuity of one provider, and in that case, one chiropractor. And anytime you can have, as a patient, the comfort of that relationship with uh, you know one uh, one provider, one clinician is is a huge value that you need to benefit. Anything in your equation, location, hours, access, Saturday uh, Saturday locations, where anybody can save time, whether it's in driving or sitting, is something you need to emphasize. If if they the patient ultimately gets to see a clinician faster. Uh, have examples of that and be able to bring that up when you're talking to doctors. If you're if you're easier to deal with, your process is easier. Again, it's faster. Huge benefit. Another thing everybody wants, whether it's the doctor on the doctor side or the patient side in our triangle, people want less stress. So anything that's in your value proposition where you basically say one of the things that will stress you out less about our program is our location hours, our access, our continuity. It makes it easier, it makes it more convenient, it makes it comfortable. That's how I want you to speak. So that ultimately you get down to the conclusion is all this means, doctor, is uh, they're going to get a world-class experience in a referral that you can trust time and time again. So that is, again, I know it's very quick, but let's go back and to the big picture again. A sales mind understands that the issue of value, value to the doctor, the physician, the PA, value to the patient who a doctor would trust you to refer is a huge issue. It's the engine of the relationship we've just discussed. So just don't forget in your presentations, in your verbiage, in how you interact with people in your relationships to remember to highlight better access, better hours, saving time, lower stress, faster see, better outcome, uh, less stress, greater experience. And if you'll do those things, those are the value points that ring people's bells. So that's, again, what was that all about? It's an example of in the big picture of sales mind, and it's kind of that middle bucket where a sales mind wants to be persuasive. Well, one of the elements of being persuasive is focusing in a very customized sense as we just understand, as we just explained, understandable, tailored, articulate, differentiated, and committed. Don't forget that five-step sequence regarding value, kind of like a treatment for the various visual aids and communiques that you have. So that's an example of a sales mind deals with the issue of value. Now, as we begin to kind of wind up the session, I want to kind of go back again to the big picture and remind you that there are, remember, it's only a tiny fraction of any professional sales force in any industry that ultimately are the very, very best. I've studied selling for almost 40 years. I've taught it, trained it, worked under it, worked with it, worked beside it, read it, evaluated it. And the things I'm sharing with you, the value law being one of 12, are behaviors, again, analogous to that world-class golfer that will make you the best. And that's the key. And then there's finally the question of the desire that you have. Do you want to be the best? Do you want to take all of your experience certification, tenure, talent, and be able to take all that as COVID begins to wane again. And I'm assuming, I'm, I'm thinking about your sales call 
on the doctor's offices, uh, potentially hospitals, fill, uh, facilities, anywhere where your quote unquote customer would reside, <coughs> excuse me, having access is going to be a renewed way for you as we go into the rest of 2021 to really make uh, more of an impact forever for ultimately uh, your patients uh, and for your, your doctors and and the people on the customer end of the peg. So the question is, as always, which I pose to people, I do a lot of live seminars. So I'm really excited that people are seeing live again. They're engaging with ideas. I'm enjoying it more than ever. Is the energy of sharing ideas and, and thinking about our own life, our own career, and asking ourselves, which I'm challenging uh, you now in the session, do you want to be the very best? Do you want to be the very best in your region, your company? Do you want your income to reflect it. And then finally, let me summarize with just a, a couple uh, a couple lines here. When we think about the answer to that question, you know, you on this call, the account manager being a sales mind and practicing sales mindedness, let me just remind you in summary that a sales mind is ultimately three things. A sales mind is a professional. They're a problem solver and they're a persuader. And if you put those three things together, professional problem solver and persuader in your individual sales life as an account manager. I have no doubt that uh, the rest of 2021 will be a great year for you and you'll have a great start to 2022. So uh, take care until perhaps I talk to you or see you again. And thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. Best of success. Doug, thank you so very much. This concludes episode eight of the Reconnect podcast. I'm Stephanie Fowler. And I'm Kim McTiernan. And we want to say a special thank you to Jeff Barr for allowing Doug to join us today on this special podcast um, that we could learn more about selling. And as always, we want to thank Ian Hauser for his amazing editing.